Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. Join us each month to hear ideas, inspiration and practical advice from people making change through music. These conversations are hosted by me, Anita Holford of Music Education Works and Writing Services. So I'll be focusing in particular on breaking down barriers to music through communication and advocacy, but from quite a broad perspective. I really hope you'll enjoy them. And now on with the show. Hello, it's Anita here and welcome to this mini podcast series looking at how music organisations are responding to the current pandemic. The purpose of these episodes is to share how people in the music education and community music sector are responding in terms of their support to young people. There's a lot we could go into, um, the pros and cons of online, the different types of platforms, the financial and organisational implications of such massive change. But for now, we're just focusing on the support to young people and I'll signpost any other information people want to share in the blog post. So what I also wanted to say is that every organisation, of course, has a different setup and a different capacity to respond. And there may be some who are simply not able to continue with operations. So if that's you, um, I hope you're able to get back to the work that you care about very soon. And I'm really pleased to introduce my guest for this episode, who is Neil Phillips of Awards for Young Musicians. Hello, Neil, and welcome. It's really good to have you here today. Hello, Anita. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So can you start by telling me just briefly what your organisation does? Yeah, so um, essentially our, our sort of elevator pitch is that we, we think that musical talent is everywhere, um, but opportunity isn't really. And barriers such as family, fi- family finances and other things uh, get in the way in, in sort of profession. So we look to help families overcome barriers to music making and to music education, basically, um, through various programmes. Great. Do you want to tell me just a little bit about those programmes, how you actually do help young people? Absolutely. So we, we have our awards programme, which has been running for over 20 years now. And those are uh, the awards programme basically awards uh, young musicians <laughs> demonstrating high levels of talent and potential um, one-off grants. Um, they can reapply every year. They average, I believe, around somewhere £800 to about 100 grants given out every year. And that can go towards... Um, upgrade an instrument or travel costs to, to lessons, you know, anything really to help with uh, that young musician's progress. But we also have our Furthering Talent programme, which is the programme that I manage, uh, and that's delivered presently in 10 different music education hubs around the country, expanding to 15 very soon. And, and it's sort of a wraparound programme that looks to identify young people who have demonstrated those first sort of seeds of potential in a whole class setting, but without our intervention, the family may not be in a position to pay for instrumental lessons. So it's at that point we step in and we pay for the lessons, but we also provide more holistic support and ongoing programme. And your work covers all sorts of genres and ways of making music, is that right? Absolutely, and it's something we're actively always trying to do more of so we want to encourage as many broad musical experiences for the young people on the program as possible we've got um young people learning how to using turntables and sort of notation alongside turntables etc music production uh, as well as some sort of the classical violinists um folk violinists steel pans jazz guitar as long as you know a person wants to learn a certain style or a certain genre we really work with our hubs to try and offer that to them wherever possible 
And also I noticed that you talk about talent and potential, those two phrases alongside each other, and that's quite intentional, isn't it? It is, because talent's a, a word that can be, uh, it's very subjective, isn't it? Um, so we, we've, alongside a, a composer, a musician called Hugh Nankerville, who's based down in, in Devon, we, we developed um, well over 10 years ago what we class as the eight facets of musical potential. And these are different ways of looking at a young person other than they can already play a bit of a scale or they can pick out a bit of a melody. Sometimes a lot of children have had access to be able to develop those skills before they get into a whole class setting when they're first picking up an instrument. So we, we developed alongside Hugh these eight facets of musical potential and just a different way of, of spotting what we would consider potential. It might be, you know, sort of their engagement in the music or how creative they are. You know, if, if it's the first time they've picked up a ukulele, they might end up turning it over and playing drums on the back or something. That's showing a creativity um, and a willingness to uh, to explore, so to speak. So, yeah, yeah, potential is a very important word for us. And there's all sorts of resources and videos around that, aren't there? So I'll signpost those in the blog post accompanying this podcast. Fascinating. So can you talk me through when you started to formulate your response to this situation? Because obviously it happens so fast. Well, interestingly, um, just just very quickly, so it was the added layer of complexity for myself was um, I was actually in New Zealand when uh, on some annual leave when, when all uh, of this. Ah, yes, started. of course, yeah. So I was trying to factor in a mad dash across the country to get a replacement flight to get home, which I did. Luckily enough, um, thanks to some amazing people back here helping us get some flights had a mad rush back and, and our CEO Hester had been sort of keeping an eye over the, the furthering talent program whilst I was away. We, we have a local coordinator in each of the hubs that we work with who deliver the program on the ground and they, they report into me. So my first steps really, um, when <laughs> back and sat down and realised what day it was and what time it was and uh, whatever was to um was to get in touch with each of our local coordinators because we're very tied to decisions that the hubs are making um in terms of how the program would continue and what the offer would be and you know generally moving the provision online because w as an organization we don't directly deliver it's done through our partners there was an extra layer of decision making that we had to navigate um, so that was first thing was to touch base with local coordinators and kind of task them with trying to find out what decisions were going to be made within their hubs. And some already knew, others we've had to wait a little while longer, but it's all sort of coming together now, which is good. Talk me through some of the responses that you've co-developed with the hubs. How are they still continuing to serve the young people that, that you're essentially funding? As an organisation, we've kind of played the quarterback role a little bit. So there's been so much information flying around and amazing resources that I think the sector has reacted generally really, really well to this. So my role has kind of been to sort of filter that down and pick out what is relevant for our local coordinators and share the right things with the right people and, and but do it in, in manageable chunks because it can be a little bit overwhelming with so many things flying around. How the, the hubs themselves have each responded um, there has been this push to, to move lessons online. So all of the children that we work with, around 370 across the country at the moment, part of the programme is that they're all receiving a 30-minute instrumental lesson every week. The first steps have been you know, those lessons up and running. And generally, all of the hubs have gone with that. You know, they've made that an offer available to all, to all of their young people, not just the children on Furthering Talents. When we haven't got 100% uptake at the moment, 
but that has highlighted the greater need to be even more inclusive at the moment. I know yeah. that you've got some other, you've not just done online support, have you? I think there's something about you, you kind of communicating with people through the post, with young people through the post. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was, was kind of alluding to, really. So I think our role as an organisation that prides itself on working musically inclusively and, we, and, it, and is, you know, that's part of our remit is to sort of promote that across the sector I think what we need to be doing in this circumstance is really looking out for those young people who aren't going to be accessing things online. I think that's really the, the biggest flag to wave around inclusion at the moment. You know, there are young people, and especially as we tend to work with young people from lower income families, where there, there isn't that internet connection, there isn't the access to the tech, uh, you know, they may not have a laptop or whatever. So we've been really focusing what can we do to support those young people how can we keep things going and the reality is I don't think there's a magic wand but there is opportunities to work really hard and go the extra mile which is what we're asking our local coordinators and our music teachers to do and some of the ideas that have been thrown around have been fantastic we've been each of the children on the program has a personal bursary of 150 pounds per year to spend and that can be spent on again anything to help their sort of musical progression so we've actually been using that to buy data for parents where there isn't a broadband connection to enable the lessons to continue and they can do it via a smartphone we've been holding and we do hold termly teacher forums with each of our hub partners where all of the teachers teach on the program come together and we talk about successes any problems we're having etc these are a regular thing but we've We've continued those online and some of the ideas for supporting these children have been incredible. So we've been, can we record lessons on a CD and send that out? And then somebody said, well, not many people have got CD players anymore. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can, maybe we can use some of that personal bursary money to buy a CD player to go with that. And we've been looking at, can we post things out? Just anything we can but it, all of these things as I said seem to be about doing going that extra mile you know there's not a quick easy fix even just picking up the phone which we all forget about a lot of the time these days picking up the phone and having a lesson over the phone we've got teachers doing that in Bradford which is great well, that's fantastic so have you started doing anything like recording the cd or the you know posting things yeah, yeah, some of that's been going on already. I don't think we've got around to recording any CDs yet, but we have bought some data for somebody to get them their online lessons. I know things have been posted out. Uh, several things have been posted out. Like and what, the, would that be music? The phone yeah, some, some music to work on and then sort of following that scores to work on and then following that up with a phone call to hear how they've got on. Part of the Furthering Talent programme is is what we call an uh, – each child has an individual learning plan and it's kind of at the heart oh. of Furthering. Uh, it's it's putting the child at the centre of their music making choices. We set three goals for them to work towards each term. Now these are non-technical goals. We assume if a child is learning an instrument, they're already going to be sort of working on technical things. So this is a, an additional thing to help support their progress. So this might be asking them to find out a bit of different genres of music they can play with their instruments, or it might be about, um, you know, in in different times, it might be about going to see a show or researching this, that, or the other. We've been continuing with, with the ILPs as well, and some of those have been posted out to students as well, just to keep them engaged and giving them different things to focus on. One of the side benefits of doing it this way, we found as well, is we're seeing a, a real increased parental engagement as well. I think they just happen to be in the room sometimes, and it's given them a more of a connection with their child's 
music learning which is normally happening in school and not something they're part of and they're able to hear it more and and say hello to the teacher when the lesson starts etc you know so there are some really nice benefits that have come from this as well that's really good and so how does it work in terms of you were saying that you have a forum for teachers who are those teachers exactly generally they would be teachers who are already working with the hub so when a, a child is nominated for furthering talent they as I, as I mentioned they will have their their weekly lesson so the local coordinator would have matched that child up with an appropriate teacher within the hub. Um, so that's generally who's invited to the teacher forums once a term to talk about how they're getting on with their student and any sort of wider programme developments. However, as, as part of our sort of aspiration to make the musical offer as broad as possible and, and sort of meet the needs of as many young people as possible, that there are occasions where a child wants to learn an instrument and has demonstrated potential in a in a particular instrument where a the, there isn't anybody who teaches that instrument within the hub or b there is but there's nobody with the, with the timetable capacity to pick up that student so in that instance we have brought on board private teachers and they get invited to the teaching forums as well they're all paid to come along that's really nice and that we think that's helping the hubs be more inclusive as well which is part of our our mission that was the question on the tip of my tongue was, you know, what if somebody wants to use a really unusual instrument or not even a really unusual one, just one that the hub doesn't offer or, as you said, just doesn't have the capacity to add in another young person to their sort of timetabling. That's so flexible. But I also really like the idea that young people are put in charge of their own learning and their own choices. So I guess as soon as the pandemic happened, then the hubs and the coordinators were going back out to the young people to say, right, your, your individual learning plan will be changing. What how do you want to shape it now absolutely i mean there's the, the the completion of the individual learning plans is can be a bit of a departure um a, a different way of working for for some music teachers understandably um and again it's not to, it's not saying that we know everything and what everything they've been doing is wrong this is this is an additional this is a bolt-on thing and it can take um, some music teachers are out of their comfort zone a little bit because it's it, it's a partnership you know it's not they're not in the position of setting everything it's something that they're working together with and it takes a certain skill to be able to do it and one that normally takes them a couple of terms to get used to but we're seeing the the adoption of the principles of it really starting to flourish in some of the hubs now and there, there's some amazing things coming back and this particular situation with the coronavirus etc has raised that challenge even more so i'm going to be very you know we're still very early in the term so i'm not able to report back on what particular goals have been set as a challenge to this at the moment but but you know within by the end of the term we'll, we'll be able to look look really positively at how how teachers have stepped up and how they've been creative in, in their goal setting conversations be really interesting to talk to you again about that and just sort of see how young people responded and whether there have been benefits you know other people have said it's changed the relationship it's changed the power within the pupil teacher relationship going online and they've had to learn new things so yeah i've heard from a lot of different people that it is changing things in the way music is delivered a little bit um one of the other questions was do you have any sense of what your next steps will be when lockdown eases will any of this way of working continue I, I suppose it's you're reliant on what the hubs want to do and what the young people want to do from my experience of working within the sector I think that there's been this kind of tiptoeing around online virtual learning um, for quite a long time you know since I since I've been working in the sector and and people have expressed an interest in it without really 
so they've, they've dipped their toes without fully jumping in. This has obviously forced forced the hand of the sector considerably, and I think I really think there's going to be some amazing things come from this. Um, I think there's going to be some mistakes made, obviously, as as is I think is perfectly realistic. I think we can't give ourselves too hard a time about that because what I hope will come out the other end of this is a definite and more sort of um, horses for causes kind of attitude where there may well be some elements that it's reasonable to carry on doing stuff online. Obviously, ensembles seems to be the real challenge and isn't really the the technology to suit that at the moment that's accessible to to a lot of people. But I think there will be certain things that come out of this that will stick. I don't know really what they'll be. Definitely in terms of the, the sector side of things rather than the young person side of things. So I spend so much of my time traveling, which I do love, and that's part of my job, but it's really dawned on me how much more I can get done when I'm not traveling all the time. So in terms of these teacher forums where I try to be as, as many as I possibly can around the country, I think realistically I'm going to be joining more of those virtually um, because it's just sensible and it's cheaper and a load of things like that. But in terms of the delivery of programs stuff to young people, I think setting work for young people, we, people are going to, uh, teachers are going to embrace the online world a little bit more, not necessarily directly for lessons, but maybe looking at concerts that young people can stream. You know, there's so many organisations are offering streaming of old classic concerts and things like that. And I think generally the sector is going to, going to look a little more differently about how it can utilise online stuff a little bit more i'm sorry that's a little vague um, no, no it doesn't sound so at all and actually the, the kind of whole thing about online resources well young people are steps ahead of us on that aren't they because you, you mm, ask somebody mm. a question they immediately go onto youtube <laughs> find the results <laughs> yeah. themselves and solve the problem themselves so um it's sort of forced us to start to catch up really have you got any particular examples of uh, things that you think are, are working really well um even for individual young people what i'm generally really pleased with them what i think is going really well is the and this is not specific to young people so maybe i'll have to dig into that a little bit more after this point but the cohort of teachers that we are working with in each of our hubs having held a couple of these online teacher forums now i've been blown away by the positive attitude and the resourcefulness and the creativeness that they've all been demonstrating and how generally the sector has just gone right this is where we're at this is the situation let's get on with it and let's make the most of it in terms of particular things that are working in delivery hard for me to say at the moment because it for us what was also a factor in all of this is the a lot of our music making a lot of our activities completely ground to a halt because of what what's what's happened what happened immediately sort of at the the middle of march and then directly after that was the easter holidays so that was a month with no activity going on whatsoever. Um, and since then, in those couple, in the couple of weeks since then, I know that everybody has jumped in. As I was just saying, all the teachers, all the local coordinators have jumped in and they're, they're working, they're going an extra mile, they're working so hard to get things up and running. And I think it's maybe going to be at the teacher forums later on in the term that I'm really going to get some great examples of things that have happened. So I'm sorry if that doesn't answer your no, question. No, no, it's, it's really easy to think we've been in this pandemic for ages, and, um, <laughs> yeah. but we actually haven't really. And in terms of a school term or school um, timetable, it's no time at all, particularly as you say, with that Easter holidays in the middle. Are there any 
other things that you'd like to say to people in a similar situation to you, other music organisations, perhaps some lessons you've learned so far, um, some hope and encouragement or just some sort of signposting to really useful resources? Yeah, I say that the, the biggest challenge for us is the, the multitude of partners that we work with. And with each one of those partners, they have their own way of working. They have, you know, their own policies or strategies and, and their own um, outcomes they're trying to achieve. And, and although many of ours and theirs are aligned, we, you know, we're still different organisations. And, and, and this is going to be the same for a lot of people across the sector. And I think what has helped us and what does help us is we're a relatively small organisation and that enables us to be quite flexible. We're able to, you know, communicate properly with our partners be very clear about what we're trying to do, you know, and, and keep those lines of communication open and adapt and be flexible about how we do things and just work together with our partners rather than sticking rigidly in this is how we do stuff. It's just about learning and evolving and, and, and rolling with the punches, really. And in terms of signposting, uh, one of our friends in the, we're part of the Alliance for Musically Inclusive England, which is a group of organisations funded by youth music. One organisation has been really helpful in terms of the resources they provided for organisations looking to do stuff online, which is NIMAS. And some of their, uh, so I had a, a wonderful chat with Emily from NIMAS, and some of the resources they provided around safeguarding good practice of teaching online, I'd really recommend that people have a look at them. They've had years of experience, <laughs> haven't they? They're kind of ahead of the game on this and they've been brilliant and so helpful to so many organisations in the sector. Well, thank you, Neil. It's been great having you on the show today um, in such strange circumstance. And I hope I can get you back on to talk about your work in more detail because your work is absolutely fascinating and definitely signpost that in the blog post. And best of luck with all that you're doing. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you, Anita. And if you want to find out more, as always, I'll share the links in the show notes on my website. Thank you for listening. That's the end of our show this time. Thank you for listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. And make sure to subscribe so that you get to hear about future episodes. If you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like to know more about me and how I help music and creative organisations through communications, then visit writing-services.co.uk and get in touch. Thanks for listening and have a great week.